0: Welcome to another episode of the Forgotten the Podcast. I'm here with your host, Joseph. Obviously, that's my name. Uh, here, here is Zach. Uh, how's it going, Zach? It's going really good. Nice, nice. All right, cool. Let's just get straight into it. Uh, we got a couple topics to talk about. We got a lot of topics to talk about. Uh, so, um, as we know, um, the NBA season is, is off going on. Summer league's happening right now. I uh, went to the Summer League game on Monday. Um, and, um it's just really bad, honestly, basketball wise. <laughs> uh, it was The referees were horrible. Um, play was horrible. Uh, there were some players who were better than others. Uh, Brandon Miller looked like he didn't want to be out there. Um, but um, before we start talking about the topics I got to line up today, you got anything you want to kind of get off your chest? Or uh, you want to just kind of dive into the first thing, which is uh, the reporters and sports books, cahoots.
1: No, let's uh let's jump right into it.
0: All right. So um during the draft, and, and I wanted to talk about this last week, but um didn't get a chance it's because we ran out of time, but um uh, during the draft we had uh, a uh, bit of a uh bit of a controversy. So uh FanDuel Sportsbooks, they uh have a deal. Uh they have a reporter, name is Chams, uh Karania. Uh, everyone knows him. He's the one that's breaking news all the time in terms of the NBA. Um, and, um, a lot of people, uh, were kind of like, like, uh, like using him as a source. Um, and Fanduel, um, uh, Fanduel as a sports book, uh, they're addressing odds as he's reporting news. So he would report news in terms of Scoot Anderson, I'm sorry, Scoot Henderson gaining momentum, uh, to the Hornets to be selected at number two. And, um, you know the odds would change to like Scoot Henderson, I think like minus four hundred, five hundred, um, and some people, uh, bet a lot of money on that knowledge because they felt as if he was he had a he had a say in what was I mean he knew what was going on so, um, and 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 that's one of the things I wanted to discuss oh, wow. with you today, um, on the uh, sham situation because what we're having is almost a conflict of interest in a way, right? Where we have that we have a reporter right? That, um, he breaks news, but he also works for a sports book that makes odds where they take in bets. So do you have any type of, um, uh, any type of like thoughts on this? And then also before you say anything, I wanted to just address that Fandle did make a statement saying that Fandle is not privy to any news that Shams breaks on his platforms, but it's kind of like, really, I mean, you're paying the man salary. So like, you should know what he's working on. You don't know what, in a way.
1: I do. Uh, I have something, but I want to hear your uh, thoughts on the subject matter first, if you don't mind.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's wrong. Um, for any sports. So, so, so. Before, before I say that's wrong, let me kind of, kind of go to the backstory of Fanduel. Fanduel operates as a sports book. They have a media platform, though. Where they have Pat McAfee, they have um, Stephen A. Smith. They sponsor. They have Champs. Uh, but um, Pat McAfee and Stephen A. They're not really like news breakers in a way. You know what I'm saying? Like like Stephen A. Smith used to do that kind of beat writing stuff, real break news for the Sixers and like other like news stuff. But he's more of a uh personality now than a uh reporter, uh or like a news breaker. Um, same thing with Pat McAfee. He has breaking news sometimes on his show with with Aaron Rodgers and whatnot. Uh, that 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 he that he does. Um, and um, those are like the two biggest platforms I know about. I know, um, the girl that left Good Morning Football has a platform with them as well, but I figured her name, uh, Kay Adams. Yeah. So she has a platform with them that Shams uh, uh attends weekly. Um, so, um, there are, um, things where I think there needs to be a separation of like news reporting and odds being made. Uh, I don't think Shams should be allowed to make reports. If they're misleading, and a lot of the reports that he makes, it's it's it they're they're all misleading because we don't know that if, if it's a fact or not. Because him and wolves are battling to get the news out first. They're battling whose source is better. They're battling just in terms of what's going on uh, on a on a uh, news you know breaking standpoint. Right, that's where they make their money. That's how they built their platform. Uh, but when you have that inside of a sports book, and the sports book is almost making odds or not almost is making odds based upon what you're reporting, that's kind of a, uh, you know, a, a that's a conflict of interest. And, 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 and I don't think that should be at all involved in any, any sports book because, you know, gambling is becoming legalized now and it's becoming more commercialized uh, where I think it's affecting a lot of people um, in a way where uh, it has a negative impact as well as positive impact. But I think in my opinion, and I'll, you know, say this and I'll I'll let you go but my opinion I don't think that they should have the ability to um, use Shams to kind of inflate their odds to a certainty
1: well so are they are they is FanDuel using uh, Shams research his relationships and then creating or somehow influencing the the odds that a better can uh, make is that is that was happening is correct alleged? correct
0: yeah so 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 just to kind of give you kind of like a like a detailed explanation of what, what happened was so there was uh and i'm reading this from legal sports report.com lsr uh there was a report uh sorry so shams so 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 okay so before thursday morning the score bet which is a sports book uh, would, would not 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 a well i guess they are a sports book that kind of makes odds their odds was that Henderson was a plus 275 underdog to be take at number 2 so when Sharania shams when he tweeted out later on that that day uh, on the 23rd that um that uh the that uh that he's gaining steam gaining steam the score then moved their odds to minus 450 FanDuel also did the same. I think they only moved it to minus 385, though. So um, they are using his information to inflate their odds or deflate their odds, Um, and everyone does that, I mean, from a reporter's standpoint, especially when it comes to the draft.
1: Just allow me to interrupt real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, Any uh, sports betting site can see Sean's report and update their uh, odds as well, right? Or is this something that's only... Knowledge um, for FanDuel.
0: <clears throat> no, no, yeah. So any sports book can use his information, but my thing is though the 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 sports book that he's working for has the information first. So everybody's adjust. Everybody is if FanDuel makes so a decision on that, then, then re- they're going to react. FanDuel
1: in reacting because FanDuel. Shams
0: works for FanDuel. That's that's what I'm saying, and that could be wrong or right. I don't know that for to for to fact I'm speculating here, but. The way it looks like is every so so when when Shams made that report, FanDuel made their adjustment and then all the sports books kind of followed on like that MGM gotcha, the score gotcha. and whatnot. So that's what happened. And I don't think that's fair at all to a uh, better, especially to a consumer who's betting their money on something happening where they think that this guy, he knows what he's talking about because he works for a sports book and he's always right on the NBA news. And then it turns out he's wrong. So.
1: Yeah, I think he's been wrong one time since, yeah. uh, since
0: I followed. Exactly, exactly. So right. I mean, if I was gonna bet, I would follow this guy. I mean, and 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 I would have been I would have lost money. I would have never bet on the draft. I, I don't bet on reporter news. I think that's bad. Uh, I think that's bad for the sport because you don't know at the end of the day what people are gonna make a decision on. Like Like, there there were reports a couple years. Remember LeBron James had the reports where when he went to Miami, everybody was saying that he might go back to Cleveland. Some people were saying that he may go back to – he may go to Miami. I think people were even saying that he was going to go to um, another team, too. I forget the other team. But there was, like, reports, conflicting reports of where he was going. But if that was around now and Shams reports that he's going to Cleveland, people are going to bet that he's going to Cleveland, and then they're wrong. Yeah. And then
1: they, you know, lose their money.
0: Exactly. So, I mean, it's not fear. It's not fear to the better at all, in my opinion, but I don't know. Do you have any lasting thoughts before we go into another one?
1: Uh, Other than Shams, better be careful because if he just keeps rushing and he's wrong, he will lose his credibility, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. I, I agree. And uh, I think um, one of the things that we got to focus on um, is kind of having some type of integrity. Right, and that's what the you know Take exactly, and I wanted to talk about that today with the NFL, but I guess we can kind of you know you know kind of talk about that right now. But with the NFL, players are players are betting a lot more now. Uh, well, sorry I shouldn't answer that. They're getting caught now more because the NFL has a partnership with DraftKings. So on that same note, do you think there should be different consequences for, or the same consequences that suf- that players suffer for for betting? Do you think these reporters should be held? Like for example, Shams, do you think he should be held responsible for misleading the betting market?
1: That's a great question. I probably would say yes, because if FanDuel is accepting bets strictly on the fact that Shams is reporting something and they're influencing based off someone who they work with, you would one one could suggest that he's feeding wrong information on purpose to manipulate betters into using an app uh, or a betting site and then losing money purposely That's that's kind of to me, that seems pretty fraudulent.
0: No. Yeah. And, and I, I'm on that same stepping stone. I think right? that's to me, that's worse than a player betting that Jonathan Taylor gets over hundred yards in a game. Sure. Just, you're, it's, at it's, least it's, you're it's, betting it's, on your team to win. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, that would be or, like
1: or a player to succeed. Yeah.
0: So, I don't want to spend too much time because we got, you know, we we got other stuff to talk about like, really like uh, yeah. the the Damian Lillard situation. Uh, so oh. he finally re- requested a trade since we last spoke. I know, I know people are probably tired of hearing about Dame, but he's, he's the hot topic right now. So we're going to continue talking about him until he's traded. And then when he gets traded, we'll talk about, you know, what, how he's going to fit in that new offense. Um, but um, I wanted to ask you, because I think we act- we talked about this over, over chat, but I wanted to save it from first for today. Do you think that, Whose fault do you think it is in terms of um in terms of responsibility? Do you feel as if the GM failed Damian Lillard? Or do you feel that Damian Lillard failed the organization?
1: Well, I mean, I, I don't look at failure. I think that the Blazers put together the best roster they could while he was there. Dame tried to be the best player he could for the team, and they got they got pretty far. Watch the conference finals. End up losing to Steph because name's not better than Steph, right? And I mean that's the end of it for me. I don't know if it's I don't like in the in the world we're headed towards where it's like someone needs to take the blame. Like you try to put out your best effort, and sometimes the other team is just better better than you.
0: Like where do you I don't know where from? you stand so, at this? Yeah, I mean I'm kinda in the middle. So like I don't think that players should be held liable for the failure of the organization as a whole. Um, I do think that there were questionable contracts throughout this whole time uh, with the Blazers, in um, questionable moves, starting with the lamarcus Alrich situation. Uh, obviously, losing Brandon Roy to the injury that he had and having a career-ending injury kind of made them take a step back, had them had to do like a small rebuild with getting McCollum, bringing him in and developing him. Uh, but when you look at the talent that was surrounded by him, Evan Turner was their third best player during that run when they when they went to the Western Conference Finals. Evan Turner, and he's recording podcasts just like us right now. And uh, when you look at it, when you look at it like that, I don't think that there was a thought process in terms of building the right team around Dame because I don't think they knew the personnel to bring around Dame. So when you look at their and and, and, I, and I bring that up to say this. When you look at what they did uh, this offseason, when they brought in Josh Hart, they got Josh Hart for a great deal. I think it was for like a second-round pick um, and some other players. It was a great deal. It was one of the best deals that we had seen. And um, they they end up trading Josh Hart for something, a, a bad return, in, in my opinion. And I'll pull the trade up in a minute when you're talking. But when you look at it like that, I don't think that the team really had a, an, has an idea. After they traded CJ McCollum, they thought that they were going to get better in terms of with Anthony Simons developing, and that wasn't the case. Nurkic, well, you know,
1: I've been a big fan of Simons, by the way.
0: You you're a big fan, of, fan. of Simons.
1: He's uh, fan yeah. of Simons. You saw, that. remember when he was you off the bench for them? I, I was he like, we need did. to trade this CJ guy because he's going to
0: blossom. I just feel like the the I feel like Nurkic is the guy that's holding them back, and I think that's why Damian Lillard. I don't care what he says, but there was reports that he wanted Draymond Green. And I'm I'm assuming he wants a big man who can give him screen settings and also a big man who can defend. Because Nurkic, I mean, I could score a layup over over Nurkic. He's a horrible defender. He has slow feet. He has a lot of injuries that he's had over the course of the years. He's a great re he's a great offensive player, but his defense really lacks. He's he's in that same tier as like DeAndre Aiden in a way. Right. But um, I mean, I'd love to hear if you have any more thing to add.
1: For me, I think and I could be wrong here,
0: but I don't know if
1: there's too many people. I mean, I think you touched on it on our last call or last. Right. Who's wanting to live in Portland? There's not many things to do in Portland. Right. So. For people to play there, you do have to probably overpay to get people to play in Portland. I mean, I think honestly. I think you see that with Dame's contract. I, look, I was looking at that guy, and I was like, wow, $60 million at 36 or 37 years old. Good luck with that one, Blazers. Uh, but they're all looking to move him uh, probably to Miami. Or uh, I think today they came up Boston's interested, and they have the pieces. Yeah, um, But at the end of the day, it's still – I I don't know if it's even enough because Dame is a player who he's – for me, he's a one-sided player. You talked about Nurkish being an offensive uh, dominance, uh, and his defense is lacking. You could say the same thing for name. I can't tell you, it's like, who's he really locking down? Yeah, he can get a bucket, but on the other side, he's allowing a bucket. So, really, those guys pretty much cancel each other out. And I don't know if you can win a championship with, with somebody who's your lead point guard doing that. Uh, I, nothing none, I, none, come to mind for me. I don't know. Do you, can you think of any point guards where he's like, oh, this guy doesn't play defense, and they're winning championships?
0: I mean for for a stretch and 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 you may get mad at me for saying this but for a stretch Steph Curry was a crutch defensively Wait, for about, the you're Warriors. You're
1: talking about the guy who led the NBA in See, steals.
0: exactly. Here we go. I'm just Here saying
1: like this be careful. You got you got In like, 20
0: in 2015 saying, I think when they the the, 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 when they first won their finals Steph or, or even and, and even before that, even you know leading up to it, Steph Curry was a kind of a mismatch match for a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of teams. So you look at I like that series where let's that's be serious. Serious. Six, let's, three, let,
1: 200 pounds. Right. Let's be honest. He is uh, uh, a target out there on defense. All uh, right. Right. We can both agree to that. I mean, Dame Dame but same size? Last time Dame. But Dame to me is not the frame. I mean, of Steph and Steph. You watch him on defense. He tries like you can watch him in versus Kyrie Irving in the finals. uh You can watch him Celtics last year. The guy was trying to guard Tatum. But uh, do you think ground. like these are bigger guys? But Steph is actively trying. You can look at him and tell he's trying. And he but- also gets in there and gets rebounds. Like, which he's one of the best rebounding point guards at his size, which is remarkable. And in, in his lack of athleticism as well. Like Steph you are- is somebody who's 100 percent effort. I'm just the, the facts are there. Watch the games, brother.
0: You you were a big man. You were a big man in high school. You played a big man. Obviously, you're not tall as like Shaq or anybody, but you played a big man sure. and you and you're a good defender. When you have a strong foundation in the back as a guard, you're able to have a little bit more of a, uh, better. Uh, you're 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 much you're much better defender, like on all like on ball. I think that kind of helps out Steph a lot with having Draymond and having a guy like Looney, who you know is going to be in your help side no matter what. And they had they you know we don't want to bring up Looney and Draymond. That's fine. They they've had guys like Kevin Durant averaged like one and a half blocks when he was there. Andrew Bogut averaged two blocks when he was there. So you, so so when you have a good rim protector in the back as a defensive player, as a point guard, when you're guarding the best players on the court, you're more confident in that way. With Dane, he's had Nurkic, and that's it. The list ends there. I mean, it just does. So when you look at it like that, I think, for, in my perspective, I don't think that Dane and Steph – I've had the same scenario at all there. And then, I mean, there, there's defensively wise, defensively wise, there's tons of different, we, we, we can go down the weeds and talk about this topic for about 30, 30 more hours. But when you talk about just from a defensive presence, you don't have the ability to um, you don't have the confidence, I guess, I guess, for, for lack of better words, to defend at a high level when your other guy's, can't defend at all. Do you not agree with that, or do you agree with that? Somewhat agree, but
1: somewhat disagree. I'm somewhere in the middle. Because when you have, even if you're Nurkic, right, let's say there's Draymond back there in Bogey or Draymond and Looney. If you're constantly, your guard, lead guard is constantly letting Westbrook just get to the paint the entire time, or uh, Lillard gets the paint the entire time, like, you're going to be fatigued. You can't block 20 shots a game. You're just giving me numbers like, oh, Zach, these guys are blocking two blocks a game, which is good. I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm saying you can test. You block what you can, but you don't want to face constant paint pressure each each possession. And when you're Damian Lillard, I mean, you can watch anybody who's going against the Blazers. The guards live in the paint. Just, just do whatever the heck
0: they I mean, yeah, I mean, and they're easy to shoot over, too.
1: And that's, that's another thing. And it's like, Dame's going to get you back. I've seen it. Like, someone hits a three, he hits a three right back. But I'm like, at the end of the day, where are you really helping your team impact winning if you can't get a stop? Like, I'm like, you can't ever get a stop. I just want the
0: kid to get a stop. Can he get a stop? Can he get a stop, Dame? So what team do you think that if Dame goes to, just give me one word answer, because I want to go to the NFL, but what team do you think if Dame goes to, he would he would be in the, What team would give him the best chance to win a championship?
1: In my opinion, this is just my opinion. There's only one team that allows Damian Lillard to win a title, and
0: that's the Warriors. That's it. I oh, mean, he's he's a homer. I'm gonna Ain't say the. Into, I, I'm gonna say who, the Celtics. Do you think? Celtics. Okay, so he'll go to the Celtics. That would be dynasty. That would be a dynasty personally. That would yeah, be, a dynasty, personally. That'd be a dynasty personally. I think. I so think. Who's,
1: can I ask you a question? Who's
0: passing the who? I mean, I dame is a good point tatum guard. tatum's a you don't think Dame's isolation. a good point guard? You, you don't think Dame's a point i didn't say
1: well well let's let's slip it down here i didn't say the boy wasn't a good point guard okay he's a scoring asking. guard he's a shooting guard that's disguised as a point guard it's which is good for him he's made a lot of money in his career it's helped Stuff's him out like but and which is why the same things he won't fit with scoop because they're the same guy so that's why you, you when you look at him Steph can actually play the point guard position. See, so that's where you, you're. That's where you're wrong. But whatever. But you know, what, let's go to the next subject here. We don't know. We got. We're short on time. I mean,
0: we could. We, we we could do a big debate about Steph and Clay. I mean, sorry, Steph and J- Damon. Dame We 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 may do another segment. Just spend the whole t- podcast talking about that. You know, who knows. Um, I want to get to the NFL because there are some things that I want to talk about before the season starts. You know, we're we're gonna get a deep dive into the, the training camp stuff and whatnot once once August comes around. But I want to. I, I I'm I was uh doing a I was just doing a doing a safari searching. I was like, you know, what? let me pull up the last last couple of playoffs. Let me just see, like how strong the NFL really is, and like if they are running into a similar issue as the NFL. I'm sorry, as the NBA, because I mean, to to me, the NFL, the NFL, the NBA, kind of um has had a little bit of parity this year with the Denver Nuggets, you know, winning the championship for the first time in franchise history. And you know they were they were the best team in in in, in all the seasons. I'm sorry, in in in, in the entire season. Excuse me. Um, but with the NFL, it's you. So I'm gonna read. I'm just gonna read off a couple a, a couple teams, and then you let me know. You know, let's oh, do it. If you're surprised or not, right? So over the last three seasons, 2020, 2020, Sorry, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2022 or 2022, 2023 seasons. These are the teams that have made the playoffs multiple times. Um, and, and and then um, I'll go kind of go over kind of why why I'm bringing that up. But we have the Titans. We have the Bengals. We have the Bills. We have the Chiefs. We have the, uh, the Ravens. And that's it for the NFC. Sorry, for the AFC. For the NFC, we have the Cowboys. We have the uh, Eagles. We have the Rams. Uh, we have the Buccaneers, uh, we have the uh Niners, and we have the uh that I say the that the Vikings, if not then the Vikings. Yeah, then the Vikings. So these are the teams that have made the playoffs multiple times in the last four seasons. And I wanna know your thoughts on if you think this is a and 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 before I I guess I can say my thoughts, but I think this is a good thing for the NFL because this is NFL has been a, a, about this. This is their building block. This is their bread and butter. Having having a strong team do be successful in every single decade. I mean, you look at it from you know the '80s with the Bears, this, you know, the you know in the '70s with the Raiders and the Steelers, um, you know the Bills, um, you know in, in the '80s to '90s. I'm sorry, I, I forget about the Niners as well in the '80s and '90s. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, uh... um, the um 2000s Patriots um you know the 2010s patriots too i guess okay <laughs> um and then now we have the now we have a kind of a revolving pattern with the chiefs so when you look at it like that i think you have a you have a you have a you, you have an ongoing pattern of what you're getting do you think that's a good thing for the nfl do you have anything to add to that what i just said and uh what are your thoughts
1: I, per, honestly, I think it's a great thing for the NFL. You need to have a uh the, the thing that the NFL does best, right, is marketing their product. They market their product in a random place like Buffalo, New York, right? Or Kansas City, Missouri, and they give these people hope that your team can one day win the championship. Probably the only sport that can do that. The Blazers, you ain't never winning a championship, right? So we we're just talking about them, right? So bring it back. When you look at the The teams that are constantly in the playoffs that you mentioned, those teams are all pretty much have the best quarterback in their divisions. Would you would you could you agree to that? Yeah, of course. So with that in mind, really what we're saying is good quarterbacks continue to beat bad quarterbacks, and that's why they're in the playoffs. And I think that's awesome for the NFL because what you do not want is a trash quarterback in the playoffs. We saw that uh Derek Carr's uh, first playoff experience when he got injured and we had to see i forgot who played matt mcglone game McGloin, right and it was like no chance that these guys could ever win because their backup just wasn't wasn't cars at that level car car was awesome during that year but so yeah i want to see the good quarterbacks parody it happens once these guys retire and that's where i'm at where are you at with that
0: I just think that it kind of speaks to the overall trajectory of the league and like where it's been and how it continues to kind of follow suit. Because if you look at it, like, the, I mean, the the NFL to me is like a book in terms of like it kind of repeats the same stuff in terms of like you know Bill Parcells was and 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 Bill Belichick, right? Bill Wash, Bill Walsh goes over to um you know has Mike Holmgren has. Um, Andy Reid has 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 all these guys on his on his you know throughout his you know coaching tree, and those are the guys that are kind of running the league right now, and um, you know from that historical like context context, you it, it makes sense of why the NFL is how it is, and the why there are teams that are successful, and there there are other teams who are never successful because they don't know how to replicate success that they have seen from like either past past seasons. Like like if you look at the Jaguars, for example, Jaguars have been so close to winning a Super Bowl. Like like let's let's be honest. They're one of the only expansion teams uh recently that have been so close to winning a Super Bowl. Um, they've been to, I think, maybe two or three championship games. Uh maybe two actually. And they're in their two. Okay, yeah, so two. Yeah. And, cha- right. and they were they were what, what, eight minutes away from going to the Super Bowl a couple years ago against the Patriots? But- Brady, yeah. Blake Bortles should have beat him. And, I don't know how they lost the game. I don't know how they lost the game either. But when you look at it like that, like they they lost that game kind of because of their franchise didn't know how to win. They don't. they had never been there before, and they've only. And and then when they were there, it was 20, 20 years ago. So when you look at it like that, from like a historical context, and you look and you kind of relate it back to a book, and kind of relate it back to like a series of books, that's why the NFL that's why these teams continue to have success and why they have strong fan base. Now um, I want to bring that up because I want to kind of, you know, kind of, you know, go to another topic with the Cowboys Um, and they're going to be releasing a documentary uh, about the Jerry Jones. And it's going to be about pretty much Mm -hmm. how he, you know, became owner of the Cowboys and how he is right now. And, um, I don't know the full context of the of the uh, docu-series because it really hasn't been out. It's just the talk of the deal, uh, but Netflix is reportedly dropping $50 million. Um, and um, I don't know why. I I have no idea why anyone would want to watch a documentary on the Cowboys, but I just know it's going to do numbers because it's the Cowboys. Um, I'm going to watch it, probably. I like Jerry Jones as an owner. I feel like he's one of the worst owners in of all sports, in, in my opinion, but that's another topic for another day. Um, in terms of Team success. Now, business wise, he's one of the best. But um, in terms of your thoughts on it, what do you think about having a documentary on a guy who hasn't really done anything since the 90s success wise in the NFL? Well,
1: if your idea of success in the NFL is only winning Super Bowl, sure. He hasn't won in a very long time. If your idea of success is keeping your team relevant and they seem to always I remember they had Quincy Carter at the starting quarterback and people were really thinking this guy was legit. John I mean Kitna. and right John Kitna like these it doesn't matter who is their starting quarterback and they seem to be random people. You could be undrafted Tony Romo and become a household name and get CBS contracts, right? Um just off this branding. So there's a lot of success in my opinion that's taking place with Jerry Jones ownership of the Cowboys. Now, as far as this documentary being made, I'm probably going to tune in because it's Jerry Jones, and I got to probably laugh at some of the silly stuff he does. Uh, he seems to be a pretty simple guy from, from watching in the skybox and hearing him talk on his little radio thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but So hopefully they, they can um, either show how simple he is or prove me wrong and show, hey, this is a, more of a complex fellow than you think. So, yeah, I'm excited for it. Jerry Jones more cowboy stuff, fine, and plus, their cowboy fans everywhere. I love seeing their hearts broken every year.
0: Yeah, it's one of my favorite things to see. Um, every year they think they're gonna win this rubo and every year, every year they're wrong. And they're one wrong. of these years, one of these years, they're gonna be right, hopefully. But um, for them, for their sake, um, I yeah, I just think that he is one of the best business mind in terms of growing his fan base. Like, I don't understand how the Cowboys are still relevant. If like this is like. Like that, like they, Dak, for example, we yeah. know
1: for a fact Dak Prescott is never winning a Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys. But that don't stop people from believing that this man can lead him to the Super Bowl. Exactly. I, I think it's absolutely hilarious. I really I that's it's just funny. <clears throat>
0: yeah, it's just one of the craziest things. But I mean he still does it. Um I, I want to talk about some breaking news that we just got from Adrian Rosanowski. Uh um, breaking news. So um, there was a uh, obviously part of the new CBA was um, for the NBA. Back to the NBA. Sorry, guys. Uh, But there's a part of the new NBA CBA was a uh, final force in season tournament. um, And they just set a location for it in Vegas. I think that's not a good thing, um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, And uh, pretty much what's going to happen is stats will count towards regular season games. And then in the championship game of events. It's not gonna count. I I, don't I understand know how this is gonna go. Um, honestly, in my opinion, I think it's gonna be one of the worst ideas in sports. I think teams are not gonna play their players, or their important players, um, because there's really no incentive to do it. You know, and I don't think that um any NBA fan wants this. I I think the, the only thing NBA fans want is to see their see the best players on the court at all times. Uh, you know, and maybe not all times, but maybe majority of the times, 70 percent of the game. We want to see the 75 percent of the games. We want to see the best person on the court. Right. We know teams are going to go, you know, low and stuff like that. We know that. But when it comes to improving the game, maybe from a global standpoint, this will help change the game. And that's probably what Adam Silver is looking at, because their viewerships in terms of total views is not where it should be, in my opinion. But in terms of just domestic Americans watching this, I don't see it happening.
1: The, the question I have is really why I, when I first heard this news, I didn't understand what was the reason for doing this because uh, the NBA, they already have a boring product. They're trying to make it better, but it seems more confusing. I, I have no clue what the point of this is. Do you, do you, are you aware? Like what's your perspective on why they're doing this?
0: um I, I don't know. I, I I think it's because they're trying to, I think Adam Silvers made a statement and I can't quote him on it, but he said something to the effect of wanting to uh, bring the game. Like he wanted to like emulate how soccer does their, 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 uh, their sports and also how um, other NBA, uh, sorry, how other basketball international basketball leagues do their league. Uh, mm. But the flip side of that argument, in my opinion, is that those guys are traveling every, every, you know, regardless, right? Because they're not playing that many games and they're not, and there aren't 30 teams in the leagues for like, for example, like Spain, ACB or like Euro league, there's not 30 teams in those leagues. So those teams, they play different in different leagues and different events because they kind of have exactly. to, to make it. So they make money and they can earn their contract with the amount of games they're playing. So when you look at it like that from spe- perspective, I think that's why you see a lot of guys who are like, like, who were like role players in the NBA, go to, the, like, Euroleague basketball, like, like, Nicole Meritick, he went back to the, he went back to the Euroleague, and I think he won, I think he, maybe he won MVP, or, like, he won, like, one of, like, the, like, one of, like, the best uh, Euroleague uh, awards you could do. Yeah. And he was making $40 million, you know, I mean, not over one year, but just in general, in terms of his contract, so he could have got another NBA contract, but he decided to go are these back, games back in to addition?
1: Europe. Do you know if these games are addition to the AMC No, they're, so,
0: they... so, you know, so they're going to be in, they're going to be, uh, uh, they're going to be with the step with the rest of the 82 games, so these will count towards the 82 games. The championship uh, games won't, though, but the regular season events to get to the championship game will. It's kind of confusing, honestly. It's and, and it's confusing for no reason,
1: <laughs> yeah. Confusing, uh, I, I don't know. I've I just don't think and I think the easiest way is the best way. When you start to complicate things, people lose interest. That's yeah I,
0: I, well that's how it is for americans and, I, and that's why americans <laughs> don't get into soccer or don't and, and, and i mean let's I mean, i'm just gonna be honest with you we're There's a lot of leagues There's we're really leagues like one track minded yeah. americans are really one track minded and we like something we stick to it that's why football is always going to be keen because it literally never changes yeah i mean yeah we get rule changes you know and we, yeah, we want to implement some like reviews and stuff like that but for the most part they keep the same formula they may add a game you know stuff like that but they're not making it so you know you're freaking uh playing an in-season tournament like imagine the nfl doing an in-season tournament for to 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 get a home game in the playoffs or something like that i I, like i like i just don't understand the concept like i don't even think players would participate that even if it was like mon like even if they're like incentivized to do it like I, I just don't know how this is gonna go. And and what what I think would what, what I think would have been a better idea was to market this t- towards like your G League team, like your development league. Like market something like that to a, like you're like your you like your G League team and then like that way those G League teams can be represented um in Vegas during that time period and they earn money. Because these these can be a point to your point. I'm making going on what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Because I, I tried watching the draft this past year. And I'm not going to lie to you. I watch college basketball, but I don't know the foreign players. So I didn't know a lot of the people getting drafted. I think that's <laughs> a problem for the NBA. And to your point, if they did a mid-season tournament, and I'm just – I don't know how this would work. They'd have to split the pie up however they want, right? But if you had your – all those G League players, like those – the NBA has, like, their own uh, Ignite thing, right? Um, <laughs> like that. And invite those overseas teams as well that, like, I want to see Victor Wabaniana play, like over here. Invite yeah. him to this tournament. Now it's like soccer, where you're having different leagues, play uh, teams participate uh, against each other, and seeing who's the best. You know, I don't think you have to bring the NBA players into it necessarily. Bring those pre-NBA players, so that way it gives people eyes, and we can see who these people are. So during draft time, we're more invested in the draft as a fans.
0: Yeah, no, because I like, he
1: missed the boat. They missed the boat
0: three. Yeah, I think because, like, to your point, like, remember, like, when, um, or we I don't know if you remember the last dance, but like, the, like, the, like, the Tony Kukars portion of it. When they're, yeah, they, went, they Kukart, went ham on Tony. They, they wait, like,
1: you want to bring this guy? Exactly. Over here. That's,
0: exactly. That's yeah. type of, that's going to bring competitiveness because international players, they're going to be in, in the game because they're, they're growing their, their basketball skills. Like, we see it with like the three best players in the league. One could argue they're all from, outside this country you know i mean i know steph is Mm -hmm. is is like you know in that top three category but i'm just saying if you wanted to not bring steph into that conversation Giannis, Embiid, Jokic, you know all these guys they're luca they're they're all not from america so you know when you look at it like from that perspective they're international is growing the game but when you are trying to i think grow the game in a way where you're Target audience is the global audience and not the American audience. That's where you lose touch and that's kind of how you lose your bread and butter with the sport. Got about a minute and 20 left. Do you have anything to add?
1: Well, repeat, you know, for all last week, Chiefs winning Super Bowl. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I have nothing yet. I'd love to have. We can close right
0: All right, man. Well, uh, I guess we'll do next time, next week. Uh we'll try to this weekend this week was a holiday so i didn't want to do a podcast like the day before things uh sorry before fourth of july um i also didn't want to do it like on fourth of july so i think wednesday was a good time but we'll uh sync next week uh thanks for tuning in zach um and um, i'll talk to you uh next time thanks